Thank you for joining us on this episode of MSP 1337, a podcast dedicated to helping MSPs and their clients navigate cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is a journey, but it doesn't mean you have to travel alone. I'm your host, Chris Johnson. And before we get started, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, IT Pro TV. Looking to keep your techs up to date with the latest IT skills without having to pay for pricey conferences and boot camps? Online IT training is the answer, and IT Pro TV is the market leader. IT Pro TV, online IT training that's so engaging, it's binge worthy. Now, on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week by Charles Love of Showtech Solutions. Welcome, Charles. Thanks, Chris. Hey, so uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about backups, or maybe more appropriately, business continuity disaster recovery, because I don't know anybody that doesn't have backups, because it's kind of par for the course. But do you actually know what you have, the retention, the storage, you know, real-time objectives, those kind of things. So Charles, you and I have been dealing with this like a lot lately. And so who better to talk about it with than someone that knows a lot about it. So talk to me about your sort of recent scenarios that have kind of got your head spinning a little bit. And then let's talk about maybe a strategy that we can share with our listeners on what is the appropriate way to go through the steps with a client or even internally to go, these are the things that need to be protected. These are the things that we would be lost if we don't have it. And then let's look at it through two lenses. One is this is just a bad thing happened, like a disaster, uh, hurricane, whatever. And then the other one is uh, my data is frozen and I can't get to it. Now what? I mean, you could almost say that's another type of disaster. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things. And, and right. I'll start off by saying backups suck right? They just right. do. Um, continuity is where it's at, right? You, mm-hmm. you, we don't even want to be talking about backups anymore. It's all about this is continuity. Um, and you really got to look at it as to where is your stuff, right? Well, so like, can we, can we take a step back for a second? You said backups are, you know, no backups suck. And then you went into like sort of where's my data business continuity. Take a step back for a second. Is that because it's not important or because with technology and the way things are today, that shouldn't be something that you're dealing with if you're properly configured with things like OneSync, OneDrive, those types of things? Yeah, so those are good for the, what I'll just call backup, right? I have a thing and I need it replicated somewhere. User right? error can be undone because of that being in place. Correct, and 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 typically, uh, when we talk about backups, a user can typically recover their, their own file, right? Sure. So you, you, you referenced OneDrive. So if I delete a file in OneDrive, it probably, hopefully, if they're using it correctly, has versioning, I can go get the yeah. file, I can recover it, life goes on. Right. Um, but, you know, when we talk about Office 365, you know, for OneDrive, how are you backing up that, Right. So that's, that's one of the questions that everyone needs to answer is how do we back up Microsoft, right? Um, well, but and, going, and why, why do I, right? Why, you mean Microsoft's not doing it? No, and, and there's actually a, a line in the MSA that states they, they are not responsible for backup. They actually recommend you do have third-party backup. 
Um, and there's a, a ton of solutions out there that'll do uh, Teams, SharePoint, OneDrive, email, calendar right. appointment. Like I don't tell people like, hey, we can restore a calendar item. <laughs> right because right? i'm gonna get those calls from your previous that. tenant that you're not in anymore yeah yeah but but that's that's more continuity stuff mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so an employee thinks they're smart they start deleting all their email um but no nobody cares because we have it in the the continuity system for 365 i can go restore it life is sure. good there um, but, but going back to your data for those customers who still have servers, right. right. And that number is dwindling, uh, as, as, you know, as the years progress, um, especially traditional servers, right. They might still have a yeah. container for sure. It, the, the, the old days of putting the backup tape on the top of the server, right. To hold the other server up. So it gets better airflow. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've had that before, but, uh, you know, when, when, when you're doing a backup, let's just say you have a USB drive, right? Okay. And you're, you're running the Windows free backup because you don't know any better. You, you never rotate that drive. We just know you don't. You're going to say you do, but, but, but you don't. Um, it's essentially like having a backup tape where let's say back in the day, we would, we would sell you five tapes. And then Monday, you would put in Monday's tape. Tuesday, you'd put in Monday's tape because you forgot to do it on Monday. Right. Wednesday, you still forgot. So you're going to put, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's just the thing. <laughs> and then, uh, God forbid, something happens. The IT room has an issue. It floods, burns down, whatever. There's my fancy server. And all my backup tapes are nicely sitted, melted on the top of the unit. Right. Um, when we're doing local only backup to a USB drive, to a NAS, to whatever, you're essentially putting the backup tape on the server. And I love when people do that. When I walk into an IT room and I see that, oh, I, I just get, Heaven. get I get all excited, right? Because I can just I could just tear that apart. Right. Um, but but the other end is is being uh, being communicative with with your customer. You know, everybody assumes we do the world, right? Um, but but maybe the customer doesn't know they don't pay for offsite cloud, right? right. Or maybe you're not pushing it enough. Well, this goes back to the preconceived notion that I know what my budget of my client is prior to having a conversation with the client about a budget. Yeah, well, they'll never buy it. Right. right. That's, the, that's the easy answer. They'll never buy. They'll it. never, they'll never go for this. Yeah. Have you asked? Well, well, no. Okay. Step two, here's a little piece of paper that says, I understand I am putting my backup tapes on the server. And if I lose the Tampa office or whatever, cause I'm in Tampa, that's why I yeah. say that. Yeah. If I lose the office, I lose my data and I understand I'll close my doors and I will hold, I will hold you non-responsible. You put that letter in front of them. Yeah. You're, you're getting a back, to touch you're, that. Yeah, you're getting a continuity sale, right? Right. Or they're going to find somebody else to sell them one. Sure. But oh, so many customers we take on. Uh, I'm dealing with one right now where what they think is happening couldn't be further from the truth. Right. 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 Uh, customer thinks they're replicating either to the cloud or to a third-party site, and when I look at it, it is not. Is not replicating, and I have to break the news to the customer. Hey, remember those two ten thousand dollar boxes you bought? Yeah, they 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 don't really do anything. Well, 
it, it begs the question, and and I think this is this is partially on us as as MSPs. Remember the tape drives. Remember mm-hmm. going in and someone saying, you know, our backups aren't working, and you go in there like, well, these tape drives have been rotated through for at least five to six years because they're dated, yeah. and you haven't. Well, tapes are just so expensive these days. Okay, well, fast forward to us doing whether it's cloud or or disk based, and the only difference is there's no physical like I indicator that says, yeah, guys, there's no tape in the drive bay or there's no drive yeah. in the drive bay, right? Like, so our clients are stuck with that mentality of like, well, we assumed because you went and clicked the button that I don't ever have to look at it again because I'm not using the tape drive anymore. Yeah, well, don't we, don't we pay you for that? Uh, no, actually. Right, right. <laughs> you, you, you don't. Um, yeah, and, and I, I'll give you guys a funny, it's, explaining the old tape drive thing is like do you ever have a vcr tape and you got to be careful who you say that to i've said that they're like no i'm like like, what's a vcr i'm like that i'm i'm too old for this conversation but basically (laughs) back in the day when you would watch toy story one on a vcr tape after about 20 or 30 watches the the quality degrades Right. right how do you think a backup tape that runs you know essentially 52 weeks a year if it's a weekly uh how you think that handles right um so it's it's just one of those quality of playback is just not what it used to be so yeah your icons are a little fuzzy (laughs) yeah 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 for sure yeah you'll get your documents they'll just have typos in it no (laughs) you just there's a lot of whiteout on this yeah yeah so i'm i tend to over communicate with customers to a nauseating point um where i go look all right so whenever I get a new customer and they have a BCDR appliance, like a backup appliance, I go, yeah. all right, here is what you have just to confirm you are, you have this amazing solution that you pay $1,000 a month for, and you're running backups Monday through Friday at, at two in the morning. I'm pretty sure you don't want to do that, right? Well, what about the weekends? Yeah, sorry. Previous company doesn't do backups on weekends. <laughs> they take right. the time off. I don't know why. Right. But uh, I, I like to kind of restate when we take on somebody, hey, here's what you're doing. Is this what you're expecting? No? Right. Okay, cool. Let's let's fix that. Let's let's talk through the things that you were not communicated, that were not communicated to you. And maybe more importantly, allow me to hear what you were trying to communicate that obviously that may or may not be true, right? Like, like you said that's what you expected. Okay. That's what's happening. But what are the, what are the realities? Why are they talking to you now versus who they were talking to before? Yeah. And, and, and for those who have heard me speak at conferences and I, I'm, I've been quoted on this a few times about level. It's a video game, right? This is back about the level platform sure. dashboard. It's a video game and I want to win. Right. right? I, I want to see green checks. I don't want to see any red. Red is bad. Right. Right. And I tell you, almost every customer we take on, it's red all the way through. It's like, how, how do people sleep at night? Um, so because I want to win, I'm going to spend the next couple of hours making it green. So do you think that that's tied to uh, sort of a naive or, or ignorant nature of, of those that are buying products and services to solve client problems? Or is it because... Uh, 
they just don't have the capacity to support the clients that they're onboarding, but they keep onboarding because they keep taking checks. You know, I don't, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I, I've thought about that a few times. One thought is the person who knew the solution may no longer be at that company. Oh, I think that's a given. Right. And, and they just simply don't know how to manage it and nobody nobody is there to own it like so in 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 show tech for example who owns the backup if the backup is red who's getting in trouble that would right. be me <laughs> right well so with our conversation that we're having right now i think this is an important uh, sort of i don't want to spend too much time on this but we talk about products and services in all of our organizations whether it's tied to specifically business continuity or just productivity but we had this on the town hall yesterday. Uh, we were talking about Control 15, which is getting into uh, vendor management. CIS Control 15 is all about uh, service providers uh, assessing, you know, what are the uh, assets that you have that are through those third parties, uh, you know, onboarding and offboarding, like the decommissioning of a vendor that you don't use anymore. And it's, I think it falls right in, in line with that. It's like, how many times have we onboarded a client and found that there was a unique reason to buy a product we've never bought before? So you task an engineer to head that up, dial it in, learn the product, and one of two things happen. You lose the client or you lose the employee. Product's still in play. You've moved on. You've added it to another client, but never really having someone else in the organization truly verify that we've got it figured out and dialed in. And like, I just saw this the other day, um, Google, uh, Google Workspace, if you have a paid like enterprise account, your account rep will periodically reach out and say, hey, love to have a conversation either in you know this next week or, or this month sometime to just talk about how you're using Google Workspace. Like, are you getting what you're paying for, right? How often do our vendors reach out to us and go, hey, don't know if you know this, but uh, you're not syncing between your two sites. Did you know that? Like that's really on us to do, right? That's the responsibility that we have with these products. So maybe talk a little bit more about that because I think this is part of business continuity. What is the supply chain of resources in your organization that are responsible for overseeing, whether it's a data or a Cronus or whoever the solution is, Beam, you name it, that, that's sort of in charge of that, the champion. And then who are the other people that you've made sure that they are in that process supply chain to go, if Charles is unavailable, who's taking on or taking this over? Because when Charles is out sick, he's not checking it, right? He's sick. Or more like, I'm not allowed to get sick. We both know that. But it's more like when Charles is on a cruise, right? How do we, how do we function? Because right. that, that typically happens twice a year. Um, and I do not get the internet package on purpose. Um, as, as you should not. Yeah. So the, the big question to ask is who owns the vendor relationships, right? right. Somebody, somebody has to be in charge. It, it's just, we don't just pay a company for a thing and then it just works. Somebody's got to manage it just like an employee. Right. Right. Typically it's an ops level spot. It doesn't have to be technical, but somebody needs to, somebody's got to own it so that when it, when it, it's breaking, there's a finger to point at, right? So what, what I try to do is we use a documentation system and I actually have a one pager for every vendor. Um, and on every vendor, I, it, it's updated with basically the who, what, when, where, why. Why do we have this vendor? What do they provide? How do we get charged? If I have sure. a billing question, who do I call? 
Like I, I basically have a set of answers on everybody. So that, you know, in November when I'm on the, the carnival during right. Thanksgiving, if somebody needs to get in touch with, I don't know, MSP Ignite, there's a page for MSP Ignite and it says, you know, Steve's the guy. You know, if you need help, Whoa. call John, you know, and it's all laid out so that if I'm not there, the tribal knowledge isn't in my brain. So that, that, that brings up two things, I think, before we get back really to the, the business continuity piece. One is what's the policy or process procedure? I'm going to say documentation because no one likes to yep. say policies, right? What does the document look like that says in an escalation scenario, what does the escalation path look like? Hey, I need to restore from, from whatever, from last month. I, I, I accidentally deleted something. It's been long enough that it's not something I can do as a user anymore. You know, obviously this is not disaster specific, but similar in nature. Charles wasn't available. Who's next on the list that I could, at least when I open a support ticket, know that this, not so much the user who's asking for this help, but when it gets to, to show tech, you know, Charles isn't the one triaging this now and someone else is, do they have something that they could follow to go, oh, I know exactly what I need to do. And I, th I think this is an area where if you're a smaller MSP, it's easy. You go, I'm going to reach out to the vendor who's going to help me step through this because we have that kind of a relationship with the vendor. And it obviously makes it so that there aren't eight Charles being paid to work in your organization. For you sure. know, step through some of that. Because I think this goes back to third-party risk a little bit like when you pick a vendor to do business continuity how involved are they in participating with a restore or ensuring that there's integrity with your backups well and 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 the management of that vendor needs continuity as well right, right. So, so that that's why i try to leverage the, the vendor quick page um because not for nothing i'm not going to remember right sure there's some, some weird vendor out there that we bought for a very specific reason. I got to get it out of my brain because I'm going to forget what's it. I got to get it on paper. Charles, what's a vendor quick page? So inside of our documentation system, I'll have a document uh, with a template where every vendor I have, uh, vendor names at the top, and then I have the who, what, when, where, why. It's kind of like a profile, if you want to call it that. So do you include like which clients have that? Like if you were to go into the vendor profile, it would show you the clients or do you more appropriately, like if the client has it and I'm in the client profile, it would point back to that vendor page. I reference uh, part numbers. Um, so for example, on, uh, I don't know, you know, BCDR, right? It, depending upon the vendor uh on the who what one where why page it'll say you know the customer will have these part numbers applied so we okay. we kind of itemize it all out so i give a way to cross-reference it because there's i'm never going to remember sure to go back to that vendor going oh yeah we added it to you know this customer i'm never going to remember that okay so let's let's shift gears and go back to um rpo rto some of that at Mm -hmm. Maybe less important because it's not as critical as it used to be in the sense that, you know, you had to be really granular or, or almost like grains of sand specific with a client because of limited internet connections, uh, you know, storage was expensive, those things have changed, but, but we should touch, touch on it a little bit. Walk me through a conversation that you might have with a client when you're looking at a business continuity plan. Where's the, like, what's the biggest hangup? 
You know, it's customer specific. Um, Snowflake specific. Yeah. For, for the most part, they don't understand what we're saying. Right. So uh, I, I recently had one customer who wanted to take their whole office and move it into a hotel lobby or a hotel ballroom, not a lobby. Sure. Uh, and they're like, I need you to write up a plan to do that. I'm like, all right, cool. What hotel we're we going to? Well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Like that, that's step one, right? Because right? I got to talk to them and see what they're going to give us. Well, no, we don't. We're just during a, during a storm, we'll just find one. I'm like, it, it, it doesn't work that way, right? You, you have probably to have like need a, more than one scenario. Well, yeah. So, you know, it's things like, well, we need our Wi-Fi. Okay, so who's climbing the ladder going into the ceiling? Well, no, no, no. We just have to be able to, like, all these crazy things that they don't think about. Patch cables, power strips, power to the room. Well, and you're, um, you're in Tampa. If I'm not mistaken, there's a lot of union involvement. You can't just walk into a ballroom and start laying down surge protectors. No, You've got to no. have that team also in motion. It's got to be taped. There's there's all kinds of things. And what color that tape is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, gaff tape, whatever. But yeah, it, it's you know, and you know, a will they give us internet? B like I've I've done shows, and I know some hotels charge, uh, you know, two arms and one leg, just for a power plug. Right, and then right? you say internet, and they're like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We have free Wi-Fi. No, no, no. We need dedicated. I got to put a firewall because I got to get right. to Azure, whatever it may be. Right. But, you know, there, there's a lot to it. Um, I try to boil it down to how long can you be down? Right. Right. And, and then I will help formulate an answer to that based on what they say. And I guarantee you, uh, everyone goes, eh, we could be down for six hours. Well, what, oh. is, what is down? When you say down, I think well, of like, I don't have access to the internet. That's one version of down. Another version yep. of down is I don't have access to uh, historical data. Not yeah, real-time so, data, right? Because real-time data is is relative. That six-hour window, like if you, that's like saying we can't build for six hours. That's what probably most people are assuming. I can't be proactive with clients for six hours would not be say end of world, but not having access for any data in rears. Well, that could be completely different. So I, I'll give you a funny on that. You know, the how long can I be down? Everyone says they could be down a day for the right. most part. Until you are. Like, until the internet hiccups and my help desk is flooded with 32 calls because the internet's not working. It's like, wait a minute. I thought we could be down for a day. Right. Well, you know, so there's, you know, you got to kind of walk that line. And then, you know, how do you, how do you prove it? Um, the, the amount of people who I find don't do DR tests is staggering, it's staggering. It's so right. scary. Or, or um, even just look to see if there's stuff there. Like yeah. I've been backing up with time machine forever. And I went into the Apple store. They, uh, fixed my computer. They said, make sure you have this on time machine. Oh yeah. I got it on time machine. Went and opened the time machine drive and it's got a folder that says whatever the first timestamp that they had started time machine and it had zero files in it because they had never said start. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, you, you can't play with backups. Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be over-documented uh, you know, and there's going to be a tolerance. So a lot of times for the, these types of backups where they'll do like local backups to, and then cloud, Right. Yeah, sure. I want to keep three months on the device, but I may have to prune it down to two or one 
or a week, as long as I have cloud. It's really not the end of the world. But you well, have to know your tolerances. two different things, right? This is about how quickly can I get to the data in more of a real-time model versus do I have the data, period. Correct, correct. And, and the, the misconceptions are just just crazy. So there's one vendor we deal with and they have this little, this little appliance, which is great, but it doesn't have the ability to boot the device on the box. It's really meant for a transport to the cloud. And we'll have these customers that go, yep, this little, this little box like can run. Cache. Yeah, this little box can run my server. No, no, it can't, it doesn't do that. Well, that's what they said it does. Well, it kind of does if you have internet you know, and it runs off the cloud, it comes back down. Well, I don't want that. Right. Okay. Well, here's a $5,000 quote for what you want. Well, I don't want to pay that. Right. So it's like, you just got to try to find the, the, the common ground. And a lot of this speak, speak their language, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this gets flushed out. And unfortunately, whenever you take on a customer, you become the bad guy. Oh, of course. Uh, my previous vendor, my previous yeah. MSP, it's funny how quickly someone who is leaving an MSP that was they were unhappy with goes to a new one and they immediately start reminiscing about how great things were. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, <clears throat> forget the fact it's taken us three solid weeks to get you back up to where we think you are at least at a bare minimum, right? Oh, man, we never got these calls from the other people. Yeah, because they weren't doing anything. <laughs> That's, that is absolutely, I, I'm not sure what to say to that. I, I think that's like, welcome to the world of MSPs. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So let's talk about the, you know, obviously nothing's free, right? When you go to backups, but I've seen a lot of MSPs go and say, well, we've got this box that we got off the shelf at, you know, Newegg and, you add some hard drives to it and you put a sticker on it and maybe some software from a vendor and you start calling like, Hey, this is a solution. And I'm not for one second saying that that's not a viable option, but where do you draw the line as a MSP between what might be considered more of a homegrown solution? And when you go, I am reaching out to vendor X, they handle the box, the cloud, the software, and I leverage that because we've all been there. Yep. Man, it's, you want to try to be everything to everyone, but there, but there are certain times you just can't, you just can't. Sure. And it's, it's a tough stance. You, you have to say, look, this is my solution. All right. Switches and access points. Eh, I'll bend the rules a bit. If you just bought a, a whatever, we'll, we'll work with it. Sure. But when it comes to backup, like you just, you got to be, no, this, if, if we're doing your backup, you're doing it this way. Right. I, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll try and help you resell that weird thing you bought off Newegg, uh, maybe. But uh, it just, if you want us to, to support it, because here's what happens when the backup doesn't work, who's getting sued? Not Newegg. <laughs> well, and I think that's an interesting, so I feel like we can talk about business continuity all day long from shiny objects to retention time to, you know, being, being able to get to your data when you're in a hotel ballroom. But every piece of this, if we've, as we've gone through this, makes me think about like control 15 from CIS version eight, service provider management, uh, yep. third party assessment. This goes, I think this speaks very clearly to what is the risk 
that you're willing to take on, the liability that you're taking on with a client. Because sure, physical box fails. So if this was literally a box that's like the in-between, um, we talk about this a lot with Datto appliances. You've got your Altos and your different boxes you can get from them. And the reality is they also offer, you can do your own, you're basically your homegrown version, right? You could put your own VM and environment and then still go to their cloud. So whatever. That's not the same thing as I have a end-to-end solution that I have homegrown, right? Like where it's in my data center using my tools and my software and everything is really mine, 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 um, where you are essentially saying, going back to like the uh, Bez days, right? Like where you said, no, that's not Microsoft 365 or Microsoft product. That's the Showtech 364 because yeah. you take a day off every year so I can go on yeah. a cruise, right? Like we don't do that anymore, right? Like if I know the vendor's name and everybody else would recognize that name, then so does the client. Now, if it's a product that the client wouldn't recognize, I might not tell them, right? Similar with like voice solutions, right? We do VoIP solutions that are branded all day long, white label sticker on it with the phone that says it's my phone from, you know, from Showtech. Nothing wrong with that. But again, you're associating that branding with including my liability to go with it. Correct. Yes. Certain things you want to hide the label, certain things you don't. And anytime you hide the label, you have to remember that, is it worth hiding the label? Right. Because if the client understands vendor X made a mistake, they're less inclined to come after you because they can appreciate the fact that everybody can have problems. But when you are the only place they can go to, to point a finger, then it is your problem, fully your problem. Even if they say, I get that it's Microsoft. What's the timeline for you getting this fixed? It's like timeout. Microsoft first has to fix problem A before I can bring back to problem B and restore your data. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so we've kind of walked through all of the different pieces. I think probably one of the most important pieces is the uh, see it, touch it, feel it, right? Like a lot of clients like to see it, right? Or, or touch it. So obviously that's by and large gone away because we don't have the appliances like we used to that are physically there. Uh, Some cases we do, but the reality is that's not the part of the data necessarily is living anyways. Do you have a sort of strategy that says, hey, on a monthly or quarterly basis, I'm at least sending the client like, hey, here's the snapshots. Hey, we did do these tests with restoring your data. Hey, Mr. Client, we're scheduling for the week of whatever fourth quarter, we're going to have you operate in a disaster scenario to ensure that you can actually live, thrive, et cetera, on what's now in a restored from backup space. Really depends on the customer. Um, I, it, some want that, some absolutely don't. Uh, I'll tell you a story that somebody told me once. I am the, the over-communicator. I'm going to tell you everything. And the guy goes, look, Charles, I love you. But you have to understand something. When the power blinks or the power goes out, I don't get a call or an email from the power company giving me all these reasons as to why it happened and how you promised it'll never happen again. Right. I just get a message that says your power's back on. And, and, and I, in my mind, I'm like, cool. I, I want you to treat me like that. If, if, my, if something happens, that's what I'm paying you for. I, I don't need to know the rigmarole. I don't need to know the minutia. Just, just, just get it working. If we need to have a conversation, let's have a conversation. 
but don't tell me why the lights went out. I don't care, right? Unless we did something. So if I had an employee walk over and push a button, that's that's a different issue. But if a Windows update went wacky, whatever, just just say, hey, server's back online. And if and if I if I want to know more, I'll ask. Now that is a that's on one side of the spectrum, sure. right? Where other some some customers, you're more so you're co-managed. You have to be a little more overview technical. Well, you do really um, at least need to do that on all of your clients, right? I think that's a, a yeah. at a minimum communication piece that says, hey, customer so-and-so, Acme Corporation, uh, in lieu of recent events, I don't know if you've noticed, your power was out for about two and a half hours. It has now been restored. Please let us know if there were any other complications or things that we might need to address, right? Like you don't want it to be like, um, I need to call Showtech because my computer still won't turn on. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, there's been yeah. no communication from you and you're like, well, they'll know when the lights come back. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, if, it, so we have these power strips all over the place. And if we see the internet go out, and come back up, we're going to call them and go, Hey, we saw your powers out overnight. What happened? Oh yeah. We walked in. Everything was good. Wow. You watch for that. Yeah. But we don't go into why it happened, how it happened, whatever. No, but, but it gives just, them a warm fuzzy, doesn't it? Yes. 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 You care. You cared enough to check on me. Correct. And, and, you know, then you try to, to log all of these things so that when you do your quarterly business review once a year, um, you can bring up all these, all these things. Right. I feel like since we're talking about power, this will be a good segue to another episode of MSP 1337. For sure. So, so um, I'm going to say we've had a good 30 minute run. I think we've given some good, uh, tips, tricks on just really when we think business continuity, that there's two things that come to mind that are really important. One is understanding the actual client needs for what data is valuable to actually be put in a place that's safe in the event of a disaster, regardless of what that might be. And the second one is, I don't want to say overly communicate, but be in regular communication with the client about what exactly you're doing for what they're paying for. Because like you said, Everybody just assumes because it's Microsoft that Microsoft must be doing a great job of backing up my 365. They're Microsoft. And like you said, if you read the fine print, they are absolutely not doing that and make recommendation that you should get that on your own. Correct. So Charles, as always, I appreciate your time. For those of you listening, thanks and have a great week. Thanks, guys.